from the National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. Hooked on the Camino. That's how one bishop described his fifth pilgrimage on the ancient way of St. James. Recently, three U.S. bishops traveled together on the Camino de Santiago in Spain for two and a half weeks. They shared their pilgrimage journey with the National Catholic Register. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. Archbishop Paul Coakley of Oklahoma City, Bishop James Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska, and Bishop James Wall of Gallup, New Mexico, walked about 200 miles in early September 2022. For Archbishop Coakley and Bishop Wall, this was their fifth time doing the Camino. They've walked 850 miles of the Camino together. There are various pilgrimage routes starting from Spain, France, and Portugal that end in Santiago, Spain, where the Apostle St. James the Greater is buried. Let's listen to the Register Senior Editor Jonathan Liedel's conversation with the three Camino Padres. For those who haven't done pilgrimage before, uh, 200 miles, two weeks, it might seem like a lot of time with a lot of walking. So, Bishop Conley, why don't you share with us, uh, start it off by just sharing, what do you do during all that time, all that walking? (laughs) Well, one of the things I think that's beautiful about a pilgrimage is you just basically disengage with your everyday life. So you really travel with all you have on your back and you're, uh, you know, you're out of your comfort zone, as, as we say, in completely in a new surrounding. And so um, basically you, you, you walk, you know, I think time sort of slows down because mm. you're disengaged and, and, and disconnected with everything. And then you just observe where you are, you know, I think everything becomes much more magnified, uh, weather, night, day, people, villages. Um, and then you, you, um, you just walk the way, you know, and, and so you've got time. It's a good combination. You've got time to yourself to just contemplate. You talk with uh, your fellow pilgrims. We had great conversations, great laughs with each other. And then we meet other pilgrims along the way. We run into all kinds of people. This time we ran into a bunch of uh, Koreans, uh, Irish, uh, and even people from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's just every day is different. And uh, every day is just kind of a, a new experience of, of, of the world we're walking through. That's beautiful. I love you almost described it like a time machine in a way, like in the sense that you you maybe it's one of those activities where you maybe get to experience what it was like for someone to do it 900 AD, right? Over a thousand years ago, if you're not, uh, you know, as kind of bogged down uh, by by technology and, and kind of the demands of work. Uh, was it, yeah, was it a, a kind of a retreat in a way? How would you describe the kind of spiritual refreshment you experienced? Yeah, I would say it's, it's very much like a retreat because a lot of the times you're walking in silence. There's, we, we walk together, but we don't walk together. So we we kind of mm. we kind of spread out, and and when, when we want to talk, we'll walk together. If we want to pray together, which we do, we'll pray the office while we're walking, or pray the rosary while we're walking, or have conversations. But a lot of times we we are spread out when we're walking, and it gives you a, a great opportunity um, just for silence. And so it, it very it very much is like a silent retreat 
uh, for for good long periods. You could you could walk for an hour and not say a word or hear hear somebody speak. Mm. So it's very much like a retreat. That's beautiful. I was following along on some of the social media posts, and uh, I think Bishop Conley, yours, and you know something different that you would encounter or recognize on the Camino would remind you of something back home. So whether it was uh, you know you're walking a field of wheat and thinking of people who farm back in Nebraska, or you're in Spain, so thinking of uh, your Hispanic people uh, back home. So Archbishop Coakley, what were some of those uh, intentions that you kind of offered up on this journey? Of course, my whole archdiocese, the people that I've been entrusted with. Uh, I, this particular Camino, I was very conscious of and mindful of, of my priests and, and, and praying for them. Uh, we had had a, a big seminarian uh, gala right before I left. And uh, so I, I was very mindful of the, the needs of our seminarians, needs of our priests, prayed a lot for our vocations to the priesthood. Um, each day there was there was something different, perhaps uh, uh, different intentions that would come to mind each day. Um, so it it it, uh, it wasn't scripted. Mm. Anything. It was kind of take it as it comes. It's very much living in the in the moment, uh, and maybe it's. Uh, a pain in your back or a pain in your foot or something that, that puts you in, uh, in mind of, of other people's sufferings mm. and, uh, and you ignite, uh, our own sufferings or, or inconveniences with, uh, with those of others and, and offer them to the Lord. So mm. it was, uh, funny. There's plenty to pray about in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it provides plenty of opportunities to, to offer things up and unite them to the Lord, as you said. I'm, I'm curious also, you know, we talked a bit about, um, yeah, the, the ancient origins, right, of El Camino de Santiago. And, you know, one, one aspect of it that people uh, really, um, you know, think fondly of that we don't experience as much today is hospitality along the way. And you think back to the origins of El Camino, and it was really visitors, foreigners coming to a country they'd maybe never been to and traveling by foot without all kinds of conveniences and people along the way helping them. Bishop Conley, is that, what, what, what's that like in 2022? Uh, I don't know, the experiences of hospitality along the way, or really just kind of uh, interacting um, and maybe connecting with the, the local culture. I think that uh, the spirit of hospitality on the Camino is still very much alive, that tradition. And you have to think that these people that you, when you go into a village and uh, book into a hostel or sit down and have dinner at a restaurant, that these people have been providing hospitality for pilgrims for hundreds and thousands really of years. And maybe they're, they're the grandparents, the parents, grandparents and ancestors of doing this. And so we experienced that a lot. Um, the people are just, that's just what they do. Of course, they depend upon the pilgrims for their lives, especially those that run businesses like hotels or restaurants, but just the people of the village. One, one day we were at, I can't remember where it was now. These guys probably remember, but there was an, a, prof a retired professor of Spanish mm -hmm. literature. We were just sitting uh, in, uh, these guys were smoking cigars. I don't smoke cigars. And uh, these guys were just sitting, have a cigar and this guy walks up and we starts talking in Spanish and he tells us, you know, he's a, he's a Spanish professor, high school professor. And he starts talking about Spanish history and, you know, and just, we just kind of hit it off and talked to him for a good half an hour, 45 minutes. But, you know, he's probably been seeing people walk through his village for his whole lifetime. Yeah. And, 
And we, 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 we saw that everywhere we went. People were just used to having pilgrims walk through. And, and they're very much uh, open to us and, and very welcoming. And they want to talk to us and find out where we're from. And it's just a great spirit of hospitality. That's beautiful. Yeah, Archbishop. I remember our very first Camino experience when we arrived at the place we intended to start from. We uh, had taken a bus from Madrid and we hopped off the bus with our backpacks and we started walking toward where we thought the trail was. <laughs> we started off immediately walking in the wrong direction. And the first people we encountered uh, got our attention and said, you know, pointed back <laughs> behind you. You're going the wrong way, pilgrim. So uh, yeah. they look out for us, the pilgrim. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful concrete reminder of our dependence, right? Ultimately on God, but then also uh, on, on each other, on, on the church and on our community. Um, you know, Bishop Conley, you talked about this professor who would probably met hundreds, if not thousands of people doing El Camino, the Camino before. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, three bishops from the U.S. doing it together just seems like such a cool and, and unique um, sort of traveling group, right? I don't, is that something, um, you know, when you met fellow pilgrims, uh, is that something that kind of caught people by surprise? Bishop Wall, why don't you you share first? And I'd love to hear from from uh, Bishop Conley and Archbishop Coakley as well. Yeah, we are a very different group. <laughs> and, and so, because generally you might have a, maybe a larger group and they might have a priest leading them or I, I don't think we've ever met another bishop. And I think bishop, Archbishop Copley and I have walked about 840 miles together. Mm. I don't think we've ever met another bishop making the pilgrimage, all the other bishops do. And so we're, we're a bit of a, a different group. And it's, it's, it's interesting. You can walk along with, with people for miles and miles and miles. And the, the question never comes up, what do you do? And, mm. and then maybe that evening you're the celebrant at the pilgrimage mass. And then their eyes are wide open when we, we come walking out. So that's, <laughs> and then we're starts to travel around. Oh, the bishops, you know, the bishops are here, the bishops. Yeah. And You're so, kind of incognito yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're don't, we don't look the way we look right now. And mm -hmm. uh, we look just like uh, like, uh, like, like your, your regular standard pilgrim walking along with, with hiking gear on. And mm -hmm. so it is, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. But it's, it's great. I, I love it when people find out who we are or what we are. Uh, because it really opens up some uh, great conversations. Beautiful, because I know uh, the Camino obviously began in the very heart of the church. is a very Catholic thing to do, a pilgrimage. But nowadays, of course, um, this pilgrimage in particular is just very popular as almost a, a tourist activity in some ways. So, you know, Bishop Conley, you mentioned that there are just incredible opportunities for um, evangelization, um, just by the nature of journeying together with people from whatever various walk of life they come from, whatever belief they have. How did you experience that on, this time on the Camino? I would say probably 80% of the people who walk the Camino either have no faith at all or are certainly not Catholic. And so they're doing it for various reasons, all kinds of reasons. And um, but at the same time, they, they have this understanding that this is a religious thing. You know, this is a spiritual, spiritual experience. And, and it's great. I like when we do blow our cover and, you know, they find out that we're bishops. It's not that we hide it or anything, but sometimes it comes up and we say, yeah, we're bishops, Catholic bishops. And then we get an opportunity to explain to them, well, this, you know, this, this, what's, what we're doing, what we're all doing together has a very ancient origin because we're all headed to the tomb of an apostle of Jesus Christ who was a personal friend of his. And for some, it's 
oh, really? Is that what this is all about? Wow, and, yeah. and it's an opportunity to start a conversation. And I know when we, we reached uh, Ocibrero, which was the kind of conclusion of this leg, the, the priest there um, was wonderful because he, he realizes that the people who come to the mass and the church was packed. Mm. He realizes that a lot of these people probably haven't darkened the day of the dark of the door of church in a long time. And so he gets very basic with them. That the message is that God is love and that God mm. loves you. He has a plan for you, a path for you in life. And that this Camino is sort of a metaphor on your plan of life, that God's God's plan for you. And so we, we, we were both up there with him and he handed a little pebble to each, each of the pilgrims that had the, the fletcher or the arrow that we all mm. see when we try to follow. And that was sort of just the very simple kerygma that he was trying to get across that, you know, we all have direction in life and it leads to heaven. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's great opportunities to just start at the very basic level of, of evangelization. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, because as you point out, people, maybe they haven't darkened the door of a church in a long time, or maybe they have no faith background, but there's something about doing a journey like this right that that obviously we know as catholics it it's it's a time to walk with the lord it's a time to offer these um you know offer the journey up to him to pray for others to go and um, pray at the tomb of an apostle as you said someone who knew him but there's also kind of a, a human element right like they're the going people are drawn to it it seems because there's maybe the opening or an inkling right of what is there to life? And maybe going and walking, um, you know, in silence or just getting away from work and technology for, and in nature for weeks at a time might be a, a, a way to open that up. Um, Archbishop Coakley, we don't have, uh, you know, pilgrimage routes in the U.S., which we'll talk about in a bit. We don't they're not as well established as they are in Europe. But what do you what do you uh, what is really the theology, if you will, of of the pilgrimage? Why is that such? A quintessentially um, Catholic and really human um, practice. I, I think Bishop Conley touched upon it a moment ago. Uh, it's a reminder to us. It's a, it's a it's a physical image, if you will, of a life of discipleship. It, we're not just wandering aimlessly. Uh, we're following the Lord. Uh, there's a direction. There's a purpose. Uh, there's a goal. Uh, and it's always beautiful to see. Pilgrims, as they arrive after walking days, weeks, months, sometimes, uh, to the cathedral uh, in Santiago de Compostela, they they arrive finally at the church that has been the goal of their of their journeying for for so long, and and to see the reactions of people, they often will simply collapse. You know, they'll be they'll be weeping, they'll be hugging, mm -hmm. there'll be physical you know gestures of, of of joy and gratitude. So I think. That's that's the journey. It, it, it's an image of what our Christian life is is about. Uh, we're we're not we're not just wandering in circles, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, like the the Israelites uh, who had lost their way perhaps in the desert. You know, uh, we're 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 following a path. We're following a way. We're following a camino. Uh, it's the way of the Lord Jesus, uh, and and it's it's the the way of discipleship. So I think it's it's a reminder of that in a very physical, concrete, tangible, uh, real sort of way. Mm, beautiful. Um, and it, it also strikes me um, that 
it's it's a spirit obviously a spiritual journey as you say kind of incarnating the fact that we're on this journey with christ but i just honestly something that i think is so cool about the journeys journey that you three went on is that there also is um you know a fraternal element right that there is friendship involved even though as you said bishop while you're walking together but not together I'm sure there were also times where you were talking and enjoying each other's company. And um, I would just love to hear, maybe starting with you, Bishop Wall, why why is that important? I think, and honestly, just a question, especially as bishops, because, you know, you think priests in a diocese, they have their peers, right? And then when you're you're a bishop, I, I wonder if that's sometimes kind of isolating um, and, and just the importance of being able to have a fraternal opportunity like this with your brother bishops. Yeah, well, we probably walk by ourselves. At least I do, because I'm a bit of a talker. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) One slows down and one speeds up. Um, Yeah, we, you know, when you're when you're in a diocese, like like all of us were in diocese, uh, you're 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 the lone bishop in the diocese, and so um, you don't have as many opportunities uh, to get together for you know you know you can call each other or text each other and things like that, but just physically to be with one another and, um, and, you know, kind of put a, a suspension on things at home. Uh, it's, it's just a great gift and you grow in your friendship and your fraternity with one another and conversations are great. And, and the conversations are all over the place too. So we can talk about spiritual matters. We can just talk about personal things, um, things that strike us as being funny or uh, <laughs> all sorts of different things. Yeah, Bishop Connolly, what about you? What what's the uh, the significance of having um, an opportunity, not just for spiritual ref- refreshment, but really that kind of fraternal uh, connection as well? Well, like Bishop Wall was saying, it, you know, we are in, in any diocese. You can't, you don't have the relationship like you did when you were priest in a diocese with your peers, like you're saying. And so we, in our own dioceses, um, you know, we're the kind of the guy at the top, so we just don't really have anybody we can go to. And so uh, this is, and when we stay in contact out, you know, uh, outside of the time we're together, but when we're together um, like this, you know, we, like Bishop Paul was saying, we have an opportunity just to kind of be ourselves and not be the bishop. You know, we're just sort of, we're all peers on this, you know, we're all pilgrims. Everybody's the same. It's a great equalizer. And so we're able to just to kind of uh, open our hearts, talk to each other about things that are, you know, challenging and are, you know, we'll, we'll talk. We, we don't talk a whole lot about work, so to speak, mm. uh, but it comes up because it's who we are. It's our life. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll, you know, conversation will come about a difficulty in the diocese or a challenge we got ahead of us when we come back. But it's just a great way to receive that support and strength and advice and counsel about you know our work as bishops in our life as bishops and um and that we're not alone you know we're not we're not alone we, mm. you know where there's a brotherhood even among the bishops and uh that's that's a that's a beautiful thing and and, and really an opportunity like that because we spent three weeks together yeah we were three weeks because we took mm-hmm. some days off F- full disclosure i took three days off on the camino so i didn't walk the full 200 i did 140 i think bishop wall kind of 142.5 miles uh, i had surgery on my feet over the the winter and so i had this metatarsal fusion of my joints so i was a little bit uh hobbled so i'm glad i took those days off and of course i got 
I got a hard time from these guys on it, but they, but they were good. They, they understood. In fact, they even probably, said, yeah, while they were smoking their cigars or something, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I had to, get, I had to get the drinks ready for them, you know, and they came in the next town. So, um, but it, but, but it, it was just a great, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great time of fraternity and support and encouragement uh, as brother bishops. That's beautiful. You know, Obviously, Europe, I actually remember reading on a coffee table, I was on a retreat somewhere, they had a book of all the the retreats in, um, or not retreats, pilgrimages in Europe. And there's the way of St. Oslo up in Norway. I think you can do the via, however you say France in Latin, via Francinglia from Dover all the way to Rome through France. Uh, So incredible opportunities in Europe. In the U.S., maybe not as much history, not um, not as many pilgrimage routes are known, but I'm wondering uh, if the three of you have any favorite local uh, pilgrimages or, or what we can do really to maybe start a culture of pilgrimage here in the U.S. So that um, as great as it is to get to Spain and obviously to go to a place like the tomb of St. James, we could have more opportunities uh, for that locally. So Archbishop Coakley, why don't you kick it off and what are your thoughts? One thing that comes to mind immediately for me uh, here in Oklahoma, we're getting ready to dedicate a shrine to Blessed Stanley Rother, who was uh, the first U.S.-born priest to be beatified, the first U.S.-born martyr. Uh, And uh, we have been preparing this shrine where he'll be buried as a place of pilgrimage. And we've already had people uh, uh, planning and preparing to, to come on pilgrimage. Uh, there's one uh, organization actually uh, in the U.S. that is fully committed to walking pilgrimages, much like uh, the Europeans have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, and so this organization is already uh, expressing a, a desire uh, to plan pilgrimages for people to walk to the Shrine of Blessed Stanley. Um, they they came last summer uh earlier this year, actually, to uh, uh, on a walking pilgrimage to his tomb where he is currently buried uh, as an expression of that, that Christian notion of, of pilgrimage, being pilgrims on a, on a journey and giving that expression. I know in, in Wichita, which is where Bishop Conley and I had been priests before we became bishops, um, there is uh, a great cult developing around uh, Father Emil Capon, servant of God Emil Capon, who is a World War II and Korean War uh, chaplain who died in a prisoner of war camp in North Korea. But uh, they have already developed uh, a practice there of, of walking on pilgrimage to his hometown, the place where he was uh, uh, born and baptized. Uh, and it attracts hundreds of people each year. So uh, it's it's a growing phenomenon, I think, here in the U.S. as well, though we don't have that rich history that many European places might. Mm. There's a pilgrimage that started about three years ago in Oklahoma, not in the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, but up in Tulsa, a pilgrimage to Clear Creek Abbey. They call it the Three Hearts Pilgrimage. And it started with just a, a couple of uh, maybe like 30, 40 boys and their dads. Mm. And it's grown to um, over a thousand now. And they're getting ready in October to do it again. It's about a three-day pilgrimage, about 35 miles, um, starting uh, um, about 35 miles from the, from the monastery, um, making their way to Clear Creek Abbey and ending there and having mass and um, you know celebrating that. So 
I think there is a kind of a growing awareness, especially with the Camino in France or in Spain, the, the Camino Francaise, people who, who want to do this in the United States who maybe can't travel to Europe, like you're saying, John. Yeah, what about Bishop Wall? What, are there any locally here in the U.S. that, that you could point to? There are, there's actually one in New Mexico, and the Archdiocese of Santa Fe of uh, Chimayo. It's kind of known for the holy dirt. Mm. It, it unearthed a, a crucifix um, hundreds of years ago. And so I know it's, it's very, very big for people to make pilgrimage on uh, Good Friday, but people will do it throughout the year. The three of us have been there. We haven't walked there, but we've, we've been to Chimayo uh, together. And uh, so that's, a, that's one here in the United States uh, that people are able to do. And, and even to think about the faith here in the Southwest has been here since the what, 16th century. That's right. Yeah. What, what would you say to someone who doesn't, you know, doesn't know about walking uh, 200 miles or something like that? What would, be, what would your encouragement to them be? Take care of your feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about the feet. But I would say, too, don't be intimidated because we ran into people in their 70s and, and, and 80s. And then we ran into families with kids. So it's something everybody can walk. Well, not everybody. Of course, some people can't. But, you know, if you can walk, you can do a pilgrimage. Beautiful. Yeah, there's well, there's been people that have been on the on the pilgrimage in, in wheelchairs and stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And people ride their bikes and all sorts of uh, different ways. There's a beautiful movie called uh, uh, I'll Push You. That's hmm. about uh, two best friends. One's in a wheelchair um, and uh, and he pushes him in the entire 500 miles. Beautiful movie. Beautiful. Thanks so much for, for taking the time uh, to share with us. And thank you for your witness as well. You can read Jonathan Lidl's story or watch the full video of this conversation at ncregister.com and search Camino Compadres at ncregister.com. And remember, there's a lot more news analysis and commentary at the National Catholic Register online, again, at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. From our producer, Jeff Burson, and yours truly, Jeanette DeMello, until next week, I pray God bless you. For more information about the National Catholic Register and about Register Radio, go to ncregister.com. Podcasts of Register Radio are posted on ncregister.com and on ewtn.com. Join us next week at this time for Register Radio on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Archbishop Cordelione talks about the National Catholic Register. The Register's content is so critically important in the society we're living in now. There's an absence of the practice of religion in public life. So all the more important is it for people to be reading the Register so that they can acquire more understanding of our Catholic faith. I've appreciated the catechetical benefits of the content of the Register. It presents very clear Catholic teaching in a way that is easily digestible. To get six free issues, order online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. Call or click today. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully.